HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the International Culinary Center, offering courses that range from classic French techniques in culinary, pastry, and bread baking to Italian studies to management, from culinary technology to food writing, from cake making to wine tasting. For more information, visit culinarycenter.com. This is Mitchell Davis, host of Taste Matters. You are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. We're coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, December 17th. This is the 47th episode of this series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today, my guest is a very well-respected New York City restaurant general manager, and I will introduce him shortly. But first, as I do on every show, I will start with my PR tip, and then later we will have my speed round game, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. Today's tip is to practice lanyap. Now, I learned about this service style at one of my very first jobs after college when I was the office manager at Rock Bottom Brewery in Chicago. Rock Bottom defined lanyap as that extra something special that is all the sweeter because it is unexpected. It could be a small gift, something that goes beyond one's expectations to make their experience more memorable. It's simple, yet powerful, and can be applied to any industry. Going that extra mile and doing more than what's expected, you will most likely brighten someone's day. So practice on Yop when you can. That's my tip today. Now I'm very thrilled to have my guest here. It is Jeffrey Tascarella, the general manager of food and beverage at The Nomad in New York City. Jeffrey grew up in a food-loving Italian-American family, but truly developed a passion for fine dining while working at Michael White's Michelin-starred Fiamma. During the course of his career, he has been the wine director of Enoteca, maitre d' at the Mercer Kitchen, and a key player in the launch and expansion of Scarpetta. Most recently, Jeffrey was managing partner of the critically acclaimed Tenpenny Restaurant in Midtown Manhattan. 
Welcome. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm honored to have you here. So how did you get started in hospitality? Did you go to school um, in a culinary program? Or? Uh, no, like a lot of people in our industry, I came about it through kind of a roundabout way. Um, I was studying political science in college, and I was obsessed with restaurants at the same time. And as I started working my way up through different places and becoming more passionate about food and wine and service, I had a realization one day that you could do this for your career. It's okay to like work in your hobby as your career, and that's all right. It's not just something you do on the side while you pay your bills. And when I realized that, I remember having a talk with my then girlfriend, now wife, and I said, "I'm going to go for this as you know as much as I can." And um, here I am. Just I think I had the same revelation you too. Did? Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's um, it is cool because I think we're in a a fun industry, and I don't think growing up maybe people tell you so much about this career, uh, this industry. No, my guidance counselor said, okay, you could be a teacher, a lawyer, or a doctor. I was like, eh, I don't really <laughs> like any of those three things. Um, yeah, it's fun. I can't picture myself being in an office. Um, I, I get to meet people every day. I get to, you know, enjoy the finer things in life every day. And it's, it's, it's an awesome, awesome career. So where did you go to school? Was it in New York? Uh, yeah, I was I was in a rock band, and I went to uh, SUNY Stony Brook to, to study political science, and and I was mainly focused on playing music at the time and, and um, waiting tables to pay the bills, that sort of thing. And then um, this, the, the girlfriend I mentioned, who's now my wife, she lived in uh, Manhattan. She was uh, attending FIT, and... I came to the city about her, and uh, I just I remember one day walking up and down the street in Soho and uh, just got a job at, at Fiona randomly. I just begged for a job there because I, I, I had dinner there the week prior. And they said, you have no experience, you have no business working here. And I was like, please just give me a shot. And um, it was an incredible experience to, to work there. So what position did you start at? Oh, it was just a, a, just a server at not just a server. I was a server. That was hard. <laughs> it was crazy. but um, Serving is hard. Serving is very hard. Um, but it was Michael White's first restaurant mm-hmm. in New York. And uh, to work alongside him every day. And, and he was, he still is, but he was, he, was, he was crazy passionate about the menu at the time. We had, you know, nine specials a day. And, and the wine team was uh, just you know, it's constant education, and, and so I got to drink amazing wines and taste amazing food, and, and I was hooked, and that was that. And when was that? What Around what year? 2000... Early? Three. Okay. 2002, 2003. Because all these restaurants I read in your bio are, are very, um, you know, they each have their own style, but they're, they're awesome places, you know, they've... Um, Tenpenny, I know, closed. Or no, actually, it's still open. Yeah, it is still open. Yeah. Okay. But you're not involved anymore. Okay, so how did you meet Daniel Hum and Will Guadera? Uh, so while I was the general manager of Scarpetta in Manhattan, um, I was I, I was friends with Will's uh, girlfriend at the time, and she. It's a funny story actually. She brought him in for dinner uh, to Scarpetta, and I was excited that he was there because I was a big fan of Eleven Madison Park and everything that they were doing there. So I created this whole menu for them. And one of Scott Conant, 
awesome chef and good friend, uh, one of his signature dishes is baby goat. So I did this whole course with the tasting of goat. And when we brought it out, Will seemed disturbed by it. And I, I said, yeah, it's goat. It's not, it's not, you know, just like a normal steak or anything, but just try it. And he's like, no. He's like, we just got back from a field trip with our whole team where we were at Llewellyn Goat Farms upstate. He's like, so I've been petting and feeding baby goats all day. <laughs> and he couldn't, he couldn't do it. But so we, <laughs> it's we, too bad, <laughs> so, <laughs> the timing. Yeah, so we, uh, we hit it off pretty much right away and became friends. And we would always... Um, you know, if we could steal away for a pint or two after service and talk about what we were doing. And I was just honestly completely enamored about what they were doing at 11 Madison Park and about, you know, just everything they were doing, the creativity and, and the attention to detail. And just I thought they were doing some revolutionary stuff. And I was just to joke around with them and say, you know, you're creating the four star restaurant for our generation. You know, we're both the same age we're in our early 30s, mid 30s, ah, mid 30s. And, um, young, yeah, and uh, we always wanted to. I think we always wanted to do something together. So, when it came to be that Will and Daniel were going to uh, run the food and beverage operations at the Nomad Hotel, um, we went out and uh, he just laid it three days before I was about to go get married. And he said, Hey, here's an opportunity, I would love for you to be a part of it. So I spent my entire honeymoon, I had fun on my honeymoon, but I spent a good portion of my honeymoon just kind of contemplating because I, I was a partner in my old restaurant and I, I said, but to work with Will and Daniel would be such an awesome opportunity. So I, I made the right decision, I think. And I think so. Yeah. We have fun every day. It's really cool. Yeah. No, I mean, from having been to 11 Madison Park and, and also now since to the Nomad, but I would certainly want to grab an opportunity like that as well. They're very smart and just awesome people. They're good people. They're good people. That's like the most important thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I agree. You, peop, there's a lot of people that can cook tasty food, or, but it, it's it's uh, it, it's a cliche, but it's a family over there. It's really it's really a lot of fun, and uh, we challenge each other, but we support each other, and it's, it's a very rewarding place to be. I would think so. So... Over your honeymoon, were you working on the conception with them? Like, how involved were you with the creation of the restaurant the, at the Nomad? I'd say very involved. I was I, I was honored. You know, I I, um, I was friends with Will, but I met uh, Chef Daniel uh, at the start of my tenure with them. So uh, we became fast friends as well. I think we are on the same page on a lot of things. And like I said I was honored to be a fan of what they were doing. And then all of a sudden... Uh, be thrust into it and I think um, they have such great success because of their their spirit of collaboration that's that's the whole thing so I was welcomed with open arms and and okay what ideas do you have what are we going to do and yeah it was a lot of planning and a lot of debate and it it was it was an incredible experience because we got to uh, we got to create I think something pretty cool so what was the idea coming from it wasn't going to be like 11 Madison Park. No. So what were they, inspi- you know, striving to do? So I, 11 Madison Park is a, you know, it's a tasting menu. Um, you sit down and you you kind of open yourself up to the restaurant saying, okay, we're going to do this for you. Um, so we wanted to do an a la carte restaurant. And we wrestled with the fact that 
at 11 Madison Park, you have, you know, dinner there can be maybe three, maybe four hours, and you have four hours to make a great connection with somebody or, or do something really special and personalized for them. And one of the biggest things we wrestled with was like, okay, so dinner at Nomad's going to be an hour and a half, two hours. So how do we, how do we take everything that we do at EMP and compress it in that, in that quicker time frame? Um, that, that, was, that was a big part of, of what we were thinking about. And also, you know, we're in a hotel. So sometimes people may come off of a red eye and just check in and be exhausted and just want to take a shower and just have a martini or something simple. You know, so you can't... People come to EMP as, like, that's the point. Like, I'm going to 11 Madison Park. Um, some people might be at Nomad, not not for that. So, so, so trying to balance all those sorts of things. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you have a lot of components. There's a lot of components. Because you do... I'm assuming you do um, room service? We do room service. We have 24-hour room service at the Nomad, and we serve breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week. So the restaurant's technically never closed. Um, the a la carte seated restaurant is closed from, I mean, approximately 2 a.m. to 7 a.m., so it's a very short window that we're not serving people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough industry. Yeah, it's fun. But it's fun. I was looking back at this New York Times review that uh, uh, Pete Wells did, and he was talking about the Rolling Stones mm-hmm. being this inspiration for the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Was that true? Oh, that's 100% okay. true. Um, <laughs> I figured I guess, Pete was right. <laughs> no, no, he's right. Uh, music is a huge part of our company. Um, like I said, when I started Waiting Tables, I was playing in a rock band. I love music. Will loves music. Daniel loves music. Our, our whole company loves music. So uh, there's this story that's become kind of... Uh, a big part of who we are now at 11 Madison Park, when uh, Daniel and Will first took over as the chef and general manager, they got a review, and the review said, the restaurant's great, but it needs a little bit more Miles Davis, and they were very confused by that statement. And they researched Miles Davis and came up with 11 words, 11 Madison Park, 11 words, um, that they found were most oft attributed to Miles, and that hangs in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And it's words like... Uh, collaboration which we talked about and forward moving endless reinvention it's like big big things in our company for real and then when it came time to open the nomad we said well it can't be miles davis again it has to be something else so uh, we decided on the rolling stones because we love them and mainly because the nomad is you know it's loud and it's and it's fun and it's crazy and it feels like a party but under all that it's intentional and it's deliberate and the Rolling Stones, you know, they seem like they're just like, woo, crazy, running around doing drugs. But actually, they're very learned, precise musicians at the top of their game. So we thought that that was a cool inspiration. So the 11 words that we came up with at Nomad are things like loose and alive, but also universal and glamorous. And then because we had to, the last one is satisfaction. So <laughs> you just have to. Kind of like Perfect. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll note that was a three-star review, which is, it was a great review. Oh, yeah, we were honored, honored. Yeah, it was terrific. So what's changed since the conception? Because there was a chef change, correct? Uh, Our chef de cuisine, uh, yeah, so our our, our current chef de cuisine is James Kent, who is incredible. We're incredibly lucky to have him. Um, He he was at 11 Madison Park through the rise to four stars and three Michelin stars. He represented America in Bacusta Or. And now he's with us. Um, 
Yeah, that's great. Um, what else has changed? Uh, like I mentioned, you know, one of those words at EMP is um, endless reinvention. And one of the reasons I love the Nomad and love my job is we don't stop. We don't stop adding things, creating things, changing things. So I could talk about what's changed since we've opened and it would be a very long list. And some of it's not business-based, to be totally honest. It's just because we like to have do fun. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we like to have fun and create things. So, uh, you know, we had a second floor event space that is utilized a lot during the day by maybe large groups in the hotel for business meetings and stuff. And there's a few too many nights that it wasn't booked. And we're like, that's crazy. So we love music. So we opened up a jazz club up there one night a week and we're going to relaunch that again in the spring. Um, you know, I want to go. You're welcome to. And go. I haven't been on the roof either. The roof is a private event space. So that well, was, I have to do a private event. You then. have to. But the first year <laughs> we opened, so the first year we opened, you open, everybody books their events, you know, well in advance. So we didn't have any events. So we said, okay, let's open up a completely new tasting menu restaurant up there that celebrates summer. And that was great. And then the next year we changed it and changed the decor and started doing special events up there. So it's super fun. It doesn't stop. It's not, it, there's, there's no point where it's just this daily grind where I feel like a lot of other places can fall into, which is, it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. We're going to take a little break here. So stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network.
The International Culinary Center is a proud sponsor of the HeritageRadioNetwork.org. The ICC, with locations in New York and California, provide cutting-edge education to future chefs, restaurateurs, and wine professionals. We're proud to claim Dan Barber, Bobby Flay, and David Chang among our honored alumni. This is Dorothy Can Hamilton from Chef Story. Check out our ICC website at internationalculinarycenter.com. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Jeffrey Tuscarella of The Nomad. Hi there. Hi there. Let's talk about The Nomad Bar. Sure. I did one of my solo dining experiences there. <laughs> That's my little bit on the show. <laughs> How was it? It was great. They Thank really you. treated me very well and made me feel very comfortable. I, I think, you know, some. I was at a table because I, I wanted to get a seat at the bar. I thought I was early enough to, but I wasn't. So I sat at a table, but I had a great time. Thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, What do you want to talk about? Well, how did that, uh, how did you decide to do the bar? And I'm assuming you were also involved in its process of development. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I love the bar. Um, I love bars. I love restaurants and bars. And um, the Nomad Bar was a very cool project because everybody involved in it got to build their dream bar all those all those elements in there are like it's kind of like a committee fantasy bar um we opened the nomad and the nomad has multiple dining rooms and a lounge basically and the library and the bar and the bar super fortunate became very popular and was really busy and started to kind of spill over into the dining room a bit um we were telling a lot of people no because we were full and we we don't like telling people no so the building uh, just to the east of the Nomad became available, and we talked with our partners at the hotel, and we said this would be a great thing for us. So we were able to secure that building and build this new bar, and uh, yeah, it was it was great. I, I said a bar needs to have booths. Like I love a side booth that you could slide into, and we have great booths downstairs, and we have chicken pot pie, which I think is just what I would order if I was at like pj clark's on third avenue you know and we have that and i'm super fortunate we get to work with um leo uh, leo robchek's our bar director for the company and you know he and his team just they just crush it as we say and people people really enjoy it it's it's we're really lucky it's very cool yeah it it is and i mean i'm not i don't repeat restaurants that much because i'm always trying to try new places but i've been to the nomad several times i've been to the bar i look forward to going back because it's it's a special restaurant and it has such a good vibe and um yeah the chicken for two i know has been talked about a lot and i've had that it's i mean it's a great chicken for two i mean it's special it's really delicious Mm -hmm. i mean i know it's very popular um it's really good though (laughs) (laughs) I, i love it I had a bite of it before I came here. Um, Lucky you. But you said, um, you know, you don't repeat restaurants too often, but you've come to the Nomad. Mm -hmm. And that was a big inspiration looking back to the old, you know, the old grand hotels of New York City where it was the place you went for for breakfast, for your lunch meeting, for your lunch date, for your brunch date, for brunch with family, for fancy dinner, for casual dinner, for a drink, to sleep, to have a party. And uh, that, that, that was a driving force in how we created the place. We wanted it to be a center of a new developing neighborhood and, and just like a meeting place. And 
it's incredible. We have we've been open for uh, almost three years, and we have people that have been to the Nomad, you know, over 150 times already. It's like. All right, I'm not. What? I'm not close to that number. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's <laughs> but, crazy. but three or four is very good for me. That's very good. <laughs> and I went to the masquerade ball you did this year, because that's. Let's talk about that. You guys are known for your parties. We love parties. Yeah, and and from the four star, three star style restaurant, and then you do these four star parties. It was pretty incredible. Thank you. I, I think it comes from 11 Madison Park through amazing parties. They throw these epic post-James Beard award parties. And I think that came from a place where they were doing something just, you know, very, very dialed in. And and they wanted to show, you know, who, who we are also. It's like we'd like to let our hair down and just have fun and dance and have drinks and be with our friends. And uh, But then also we like doing stuff at, like... We'd like to get creative and do some fun things. So, uh, yeah, EMP has its derby party, and mm-hmm. we have uh, the masquerade, which takes place on Halloween. And uh, I think that they're both perfect for what each restaurant is. Uh, EMP doing the derby is just a perfect identity for it. And the masquerade for the Nomad is just... The Nomad always, to me, felt like a game of Clue. Like just all these little rooms with secret passages and stuff like that. And I, I feel like the masquerade just fits in there so perfectly. It and does. It's, I love it. I yeah. Love, I love planning it. I love throwing it. It's it's so much fun. It's very cool. You did an incredible job. Thanks. There's, I mean, just every room had its own personality. And between a champagne fountain and, I don't know, the spreads of food, it was incredible. And then all the scary and weird stuff on the second the floor. scary and weird stuff. I was more into the downstairs and the square, scary and weird <laughs> stuff, enough, but... <laughs> and next year it'll be bigger. We're, we're already planning some things for next year, so that's that's a fun part. Like, we just, you know, we're talking about these things year-round, and we started planning um, this year's masquerade party. We started planning in July, and pretty actively, and, and so a lot of work goes into it. Um, incredible team. I have to give a shout-out. I hate to even use that term, shout-out. That's a terrible term. But uh, we have our uh, one of our special events managers, Jen Schumann, and she planned the masquerade party this year while she just had a newborn baby, and she just crushed it. So thank you, Jen, if you're listening. Yeah, no, definitely give her a shout-out. I'll give a, a little shout-out just to your coat check service that evening. Wow, I you. walked in, and I was, it was, I know it's silly, but it was so organized. Thank you. <laughs> You know what's funny? People listening may be like, what is she talking about? That means so much. <laughs> Coat check is the hardest thing I'm in the world. I'm telling you, I walked in, you guys had just, you, it was just, it was, it was, it was awesome. 12 course tasting menu, easy. Coat check, very hard, <laughs> very hard. I don't know why, just is. Right, well, you, you, you mastered it. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, let me ask you my questions I had for my last guest. So mm-hmm. last week I had on Karen Goodlad. She's the assistant professor in the hospitality management department at City Tech. Mm-hmm. So she had a couple questions. The first one is, what advice do you have for someone who is new to the restaurant industry and wishes to work in the front of the house? Okay, so um, I think if you're going to work in the kitchen, I think that culinary school is super important. You know, so you have to learn all those basics. Um, I think that if you want to work in the dining room, you can go to culinary school. That's very cool. Um I think also you should research where you want to work. You have to find a restaurant that inspires you 
because it's really hard work. And when you're starting out, you know, the money's not great in the restaurant business and you need to be passionate. So find that restaurant that you're passionate about and write a letter and say, hey, I just want to work for you guys and why. And do a stage, do an unpaid stage for not not for months, but just do anything you can to get in there and, and learn. And my other piece of advice I'd say is try to do um, uh, many different roles. You know, try to try to learn about beverage and learn about wine, learn about how the front door and, and guest relations works and become a server and learn the finances. So like try to work at great restaurants in many different capacities as much as you can. And you have to be passionate about it. Don't just do not just do this because it's just a job. It's not just a job. It's a it's a whole <laughs> it's a whole thing. So, yeah. And I was reading, I don't an article uh, it was an interview with you, and it was, said how you worked every position at, at EMP before opening the Nomad. Yes, that was okay. fun. Yeah. So, you're, <laughs> so <laughs> well, yeah, but was, that's your the, your advice on that is uh, you're yeah, following yeah. your own advice. Uh, so, 11 Madison Park, uh, you know, everybody comes up through the ranks. You start as a kitchen server, and then you move your way into the dining room more and more and more and more. And I was one of the first people, you know, as the general manager of the new restaurant, I was one of the first people to come from the outside at, at such a high level in the company. So uh, we thought it was best for me to work through the ranks quickly. I don't, I don't mean to take away anything from anybody that's actually doing it. The amount of work and uh, study that goes into it is, is it's incredible uh, what those guys are doing there. But, incredible. I've, I had an amazing meal there last yeah, year. It's, to be clear, I... I I don't really work at 11 Madison Park. I'm still a fan and, and amazed by what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I kind of did the um, the tourist <laughs> through all the positions there. And, uh, yeah, I've been in this business for 15, 16, 17, whatever years. And, you know, I had fresh graduates from Cornell and Harvard being like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> what are you doing here? And they just totally schooled me. It was It was incredible. It was a great experience. Um, very lovingly corrected me on pretty much <laughs> everything I thought I knew. It was, it was awesome. Okay, so let me ask you her second question, and that's what trends are you seeing in beverages? Who is involved in making decisions for your beverage offerings, and do servers have a say in what's moving and what's not? What trends am I seeing in beverages? Um I think people are, at least at the Nomad, what I see on a day-to-day basis, I think people are a lot more um, accepting and, and, and they're there to uh, see what we're offering, which I think we're very fortunate to have. I, I mentioned Leo and our cocktail program's incredible and people like to see what he's up to. Um, our wine director, Thomas Pastasak, uh, he's incredible and he's sourcing very interesting wines and we're not just you know, beating people over the head with expensive Burgundy and Bordeaux. But, uh, for example, he just finished a collaboration with a vineyard in the Finger Lakes, a region he's very passionate about. And we did uh, two wines with them. We did a a sparkling wine and a red wine that we're serving at the two restaurants. Um, So I'm rambling a bit, but I I feel like we're a little bit all over the place. We find stuff that we're into and we're passionate about and, and we share it with our guests. We share it with our staff first and, 
educate them and get them passionate about it and then we share it with our guests so i don't see so much um coming the other way Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean i I feel like people come to see us and they're like all right what are you guys what are you guys up to and we say we're really excited about this we'd love to share it with you and and people are really receptive so again we're really fortunate to be in that situation it's very cool it is very cool yeah Okay, we're going to take another break here and come back. We're going to do my speed round game and talk some industry news. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. We're back. This is Only Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Jeffrey Tuscarella of The Nomad. And it's time for my speed round game. So, Jeffrey, I'm going to name two things and you just pick your preference. Okay. Okay. So, here we go. Eat in or eat out? Uh, Sunday eat in, every other day eat out. That's fabulous. It's cheating. I'm sorry. No, it's fabulous. <laughs> Wine, beer, or cocktail? Wine. Tasting menu or a la carte? Tasting menu. Small plates or large plates? Small plates. Tipping or all-inclusive charge? Tipping. Communal table or chef's counter? Chef's counter. Kentucky Derby or the Halloween masquerade? Obviously the masquerade. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Clean shaven or beard? Beard. That was one of my... uh, I'm a very bad businessman in certain aspects when Will... Kadera offered me the job to work at the Nomad. I didn't ask what he was going to pay me. I said, I notice everybody at EMP is clean shaven. That's I can't do that. And he was like, okay. <laughs> so that was my that was my career negotiation is that I could have a beard. I'm silly. You look good in a beard. Thank you. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. So there. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Two more. Cheese plate or dessert? Mm, dessert. Manhattan or Brooklyn. Sorry, Roberta's Manhattan. <laughs> they'll 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 be okay. They'll be okay. Great, you're you're fast. <laughs> um, so let's talk some industry news. I have uh, the New York Times today. Pete Wells didn't do a traditional one restaurant review. That was like one of my favorite things really? ever. That slideshow and the, I, I, that was awesome. I, I love that. I think it should be like restaurant reviews on Wednesday mornings and like that every Friday. <laughs> yeah, well, it was so people know it. It was he he covered Queens and he, he it was called in Queens kimchi is just the start and he explored Korea Korean restaurants in Queens and mostly the Flushing area. Mm-hmm. And I'm embarrassed to say I've never been out there. Uh, you should. It's 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 super transportive. I think Daniel Balut had that great quote that he said the best uh, eating in New York City is along the seven train or just 
pick a stop and get off and you're in a different country or something of that effect. Yeah, I go to Flushing all the time. Um, I go to Queens all the time. It's it's awesome. Um, I, I'm not familiar with a lot of those restaurants that he referenced in his article, but I will I will definitely be checking them out soon. It sounded amazing. Yeah, it did sound amazing. I thought it was interesting. He noted how Koreans decide what they're going to eat, and then uh, they choose a restaurant yeah. uh, based on what their specialty is. And he also noted some. it was a little tricky. Like there was one place that had a duck on the awning, but they're really – that's not the place to yeah, get duck. noodles at that one. And yeah. The duck is actually on the place that's named after the noodles. And yeah. Yeah. Confusing as hell. But that's part of the fun, right? Like just getting out and exploring. That's one of the reasons I think we're so lucky to live here. Is we have the whole the little microcosm of the world to go explore. It's very cool. Yeah. And I, I mean, thank you, Pete, for doing that research. <laughs> thank you, Pete. That was an awesome article. Honestly, that was really cool. Very cool. So um, Eater today also had a review out. Well, this was a little... Well, it wasn't really that traditional either. So Ryan Sutton wrote about uh, Cosme and six reasons why Cosme is one of New York City's most relevant restaurants. So have you have you been there? Not yet. Uh, very soon I plan on going. I have been. What did you think? I liked it. I, to be very honest, I, I wasn't blown away. I think it also had to do with expectations. You know, it's it has gotten a tremendous amount of hype. I mean, Ryan loved it. He gave it three stars and he, these six things he wrote about. I mean, it's the chef Enrique Alvera, who's known for Pujol in Mexico City. It's one of the best restaurants mm-hmm. on many lists. Um, I mean, he had this, this, this dessert we had, which was husk meringue with coarse... Corn mousse, like he called them in this article, the corn whisper dessert. Like, <laughs> I mean, that to me, I got that because mm-hmm. I think it is something very unusual and different, and it was delicious. Um, I didn't understand his comment though about it being a gorgeous space because I would say the Nomad is a gorgeous space, but this to me was a, it was a little stark to me. But um, no, Nomad's the most risky, like <laughs> decorated. It's very decorated. Um, I haven't, I haven't been to the inside yeah. of the restaurant, but I think it's, I think it's really interesting. You know, I think Alex Stupak started the conversation where it said, you know, why do we have this idea that Mexican food is just like a $2 taco? And I think that we're on this upward trend that, you know, Italian-American food was kind of peasanty food. And, and, you know, I can go to Del Posto tonight and it'll be pretty, pretty epic. Um, so I think that uh, the fact that we're accepting Mexican as this, like, you know, it's one of the world's great cuisines, and I think that their addition to that conversation is is, is pretty awesome. Um, but, yeah, I'm super excited to go. I've just been super busy and haven't made it there. Um, uh, chef's a friend of ours, and he's just an awesome guy. He's, he's oh. very cool and passionate, and uh, I'm excited. Um, yeah, yeah, I've never met him, and it wasn't... I enjoyed my experience, mm-hmm. and I want to go back. I think I'm going to give it a little time. Yeah, I think you should always give restaurants a little bit of time. No one mm-hmm. gives it time anymore. Nobody gives it time <laughs> including anymore. Including myself. I mean, I'm a little... But even reviewers. I mean, this review just came out. It's yeah, I, I mean, don't know. It opened, like, I don't know, like two months ago? Yeah, I'd, some, I'd say something like that. I mean, there's the great argument that if you're charging full price, it should be the full experience, you know. So um, I guess that's uh, in the reviewer's defense of going to restaurants on day one. Um, I do love when restaurants uh, do like kind of like the the preview menu and they're, they're very kind of 
um, upfront about it because it is it is super challenging. At the Nomad, we were so fortunate to be opening up this huge property, and we got to practice for such a long time. And when we opened to the public on the first day, it felt it felt good, and I totally feel uh, for restaurants that I, I know what it's like. You know, rent is running, and and payroll is running, and and you are struggling to get open and you have to get open and start to get some money in in the coffers and it's it's really hard um but hey that's what it is <laughs> yeah and they're doing a great job i the service actually was fabulous when when i was there they really they really took great care of us and yeah i totally totally am down for going back yeah i'm, I'm confident it'll be one of our if it's not already i don't know i haven't been but i think it'll be one of our great restaurants in the city it's very cool yes it is Okay, so, I don't know, maybe we have a little time to talk about this. Zagat did, uh, the year in NYC Dining, they did uh, hottest restaurants and trends, and uh, just, they had you, the bar, the Nomad Bar, in there, because that was one of the trends they were talking about, and how Aldo Sam uh, from uh, from La Bernadette opened uh, the, his wine bar, mm-hmm. so um, it was nice to see you guys in there, and I think it is it was a trend with these higher end sort of bar restaurants. Yeah, I mean, like I said before, our bar just got it was it was very popular, you know. So when the opportunity came to to expand upon it, you know, I always say when you open up a restaurant, like the people are going to tell you what kind of restaurant it is. You know, you can you could sit at a desk and a computer and type out your menu and this is what I'm going to do, and then you open and then the your guests tell you what you're going to do. That's what happens. So people people liked our bar, and they wanted a bar where we where we opened. So it was awesome that we had the opportunity to be able to give that to them. And, um, yeah, it's, it's great. I, I, I love a high-end bar. I, I think it's a bar with great service and great drinks. Is I mean, what's better than that? I assume you probably like a dive bar, too. I love a dive bar. <laughs> I love a dive bar. Oh, it's good. It's like restaurants. It's mm-hmm. good to have the fine dining, and it's it's good to have the more cheap eats. Yeah, I yeah, to be honest, just a whiskey and a beer at a dive bar with my friends is pretty, pretty <laughs> special. Great. Okay, we're gonna take one more break here and come back. I'm gonna do my solo dining experience. This is all in the industry on Heritage Radio Network. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and it's time for my solo dining experience of the week. Today's solo dining experience is I went to Bowery Meat Company. Now, here's the rundown. The location, First Street, just off Bowery in downtown Manhattan. The concept, a meat-centric restaurant with a diverse and market-driven menu. The chef and partner, Josh Capon and John McDonald. Why did I go? Because their Mercer Street Hospitality Group is known for its great restaurant concepts, and this was their latest. My experience? This past week, on our first snowy night in, of the season, I stopped in on the early side. I got a seat at the bar. Soon the place filled up, and I made friends with my barmate, who was a dear friend of Josh, who I also know from the industry. And it was a good time. 
What did I get? I got the broiled oysters with garlic, Romano cheese, breadcrumbs, and parsley, and the hand-cut steak tartare with grilled bread, bread and baby romaine. And Josh brought me out a taste of his duck lasagna for two. My take? Well, let's start with that lasagna. It's wow. It's delicious. It's a must-order, I'd say, if, if two people are there. And my appetizers were also terrific. They were very plump, rich oysters and very tasty tartare. The scene, sort of a manly holiday party crowd, and the space was warm and cozy despite its large size. I'd say it's perfect for meeting friends or co-workers for dinner and drinks. Interesting tidbit, Josh is a five-time Burger Bash champion, and his meat supplier is Pat LaFrida, who was episode number eight guest of mine. Personal fun fact, I didn't order steak because I'm more of a fish lover, but maybe next time. The cost, $41, not including tax and tip. Would I go back? For sure. Website, BoweryMeatCompany.com. And I forgot to mention uh, to you, Jeffrey, that uh, one of my guests was Jono Pandolfi. Uh, Jono, yeah. Who who did uh, your your Yeah, Jono's a very skilled potter that did all of our mm-hmm. tableware at Olive Madison Park and the Nomad. And he's a trombone player, which you might not know. And a very cool guy. So do you guys, like, have breakout sessions? No, no. We haven't yet, but we talk about it. It could be fun. But, yeah, Jono's Jono's great. Yeah. Very cool. He is. And, and yeah, and his his plateware, dinnerware, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's beautiful. Okay, so it's time for the final question. So next, next show, after the new year, I'm having on Carla Siegel. Now, she's the former brand creative director for the restaurants of Chef Daniel Ballou. Carla is now working as a branding, marketing, and communications consultant with a focus on the hospitality industry. So, do you have a question for her? Do you know her? Uh, yeah. Uh, how, how many years was she with them? Eight? She was with them for eight, yeah. I would say, after eight years with Chef Daniel, what, um, what, is, what is the thing you're most proud about? What was your what was your proudest accomplishment in that in that time with Chef? I think okay. it's probably got a pretty good answer for that. She probably does. Because yeah. they've done they've accomplished some cool stuff. They <laughs> really the, have. No, to work for Daniel Ballou and she's really been behind his, you know, the creative uh elements of, of his branding. So it's uh, it's a good question. Yeah, he's a he's a big inspiration for us, so very cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me, and happy holidays if I don't see you. Yes, ditto. I've been talking to Jeffrey Tescarella. He's the general manager at The Nomad. Their website is thenomadhotel.com. The general manager of food and beverage, I need to emphasize uh, that. Yeah. Or, well, anyways. He's on Twitter at jtescarella. My Twitter is at Sherry Bayer, at Bayer PR, at All Industry, and at Heritage underscore Radio. If you miss our live broadcast, you can always always find us archived at heritageradionetwork.org and on Stitcher and iTunes. Now, before I sign off, for the year, I would like to thank my engineer, Jack, for doing all the behind-the-scenes work for the show. I'd also like to thank Aaron Fairbanks and Allison Hamlin of Heritage Radio just for being awesome. I'd also like to thank all my guests who've made this first year so memorable and fabulous. And thanks to my listeners and supporters. I love having this platform on Heritage Radio Network to talk about industry with the best in the industry i'll be back hosting and producing the show next year starting on wednesday january 7th at 4 p.m i'm sherry bayer and i hope you have a wonderful holiday and a happy new year be well and remember it's all in the industry 
Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us with questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>